Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone listening out there is doing well today. Thank you for tuning in. Been a couple weeks since I gave a shout out, so I need to do a shout out to Dan Hine, the provider of all the music on this show, and also to Arabelle Kimmick, who does all the voiceover work for the show. You can find their names and more information in the credits at the end of the show. Please take a second to hit those like and subscribe buttons. It helps put this show out there for others to find and to see. Today, I'll be starting off with two health-related stories. One for the ladies who may use a certain hair product. Another about health data security breaches. Also, the feature story on sea levels of the past. That and more on today's episode of the Dakota Rustler Show, episode 92. So saddle up and let's get ready to ride. Number one from Reuters. At least 57 lawsuits have been filed in federal courts across the country over hair relaxer products sold by L'Oreal and other companies, which use chemicals to permanently straighten textured hair. The lawsuits allege the companies knew their products contained dangerous chemicals, but marketed and sold them anyway. And for the record, texture hair is this author's way of saying mostly people of color. Uh, the actions will be centralized in the multi-district litigation before U.S. District Judge Mary Rowland. Now, I don't want to throw out favoritism at all, but it is a female judge. So, well, you make up your mind. Maybe you ladies are already a step up on this lawsuit. The case is named the U.S. subsidiary of L'Oreal S.A. and subsidiaries of two India-based companies, Godrej S.O.N. Holdings Incorporated and Deber International Limited. Hopefully I pronounced them correctly. Representatives for the companies which oppose centralization of the cases did not immediately respond to requests for comment, according to Reuters. In a statement posted online after the first lawsuits were filed, L'Oreal said it is, quote, confident in the safety of our products and believe the recent lawsuits filed against us have no legal merit, unquote. Before I go on, let me state something that should be obvious to every person out there. Whenever you put a chemical against your body it is not a good thing your skin is not stick free teflon it is skin it absorbs at least to some extent everything you put on it it's almost impossible to put something on your hair without it contacting your scalp your scalp is one of the thinnest areas of your epidermic tissue quit doing it i don't even trust suntan lotion or bug spray. I only use them on the rarest of occasions. Heck, read the ingredients and deodorants. Chemicals everywhere. There are better options. 
The lawsuits follow the October publication of a National Institutes of Health study that found women who used the products multiple times a year were more than twice as likely to develop uterine cancer, which makes me wonder, just what are you straightening? Your scalp is nowhere near your uterus. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't joke about this couldn't help it. It is estimated that thousands of women could end up suing over the products, which are, as I said, typically marketed to women of color. Number two, three recent data breaches from the United States show that the risk of healthcare data breaches can come from multiple sources, such as employees, third-party vendors, and cyber criminals. The DCH Health System in, system in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, notified its patients on January 19th of a data privacy breach. In its case, the health system discovered one of the hospital's employees accessed the electronic medical records of multiple patients over a 15-month period without an apparent business reason. The employee was terminated. The health system notified over 2,500 individuals that the employee may have accessed and viewed information including their name, address, date of birth, social, social security numbers, date of encounter, diagnosis, vital signs, medications, test results, and clinical provider notes. In other words, data that exposes you both to identity theft and insurance scams. UCLA Health, with locations throughout Southern California, announced on January 13th that it had recently learned of an issue relating to the use of analytics tools on the UCLA Health website and mobile app. I tell you not to use apps. Analytic tools on an appointment request form completed on the website or mobile app may have captured and transmitted information from the third-party service providers. UCLA Health notified nearly 94,000 individuals of the data breach. UCLA Health began using the analytics tool from third-party service providers in April of 2020. It disabled the tools, and when it learned of issues relating to the use of the, trans of the tools from the healthcare providers in June of 22, so they learned about these issues all the way back in June of last year and didn't announce any of this until last month. Sure, your medical provider cares about you. Not seven months to tell you of a data breach. The information collected may have included first and last name, email addresses, mailing address, phone number, and gender. UCLA Health states the analytic tools never captured social security numbers, financial account numbers, or payment information. Um, yeah, maybe that information and that lack of security will come out in another seven months. I certainly wouldn't believe them. Two months ago, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services issued a bulletin highlighting the obligations of the healthcare providers and business associates when using online tracking technologies on websites or mobile apps. 
The office cautioned that the unauthorized collection or disclosure of protected health information could violate HIPAA rules, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Um, excuse me, but isn't the government the entity that pushed nationwide recording of data to provide supposedly better and quicker health care? I think you need to blame these people. They're the ones that forced everything on us. And last but not least, when it comes to the data breaches, UC Health said that it was recently informed that the software company it used had experienced a security incident that may have included some of UC Health's patient, provider, or employee data. May have. That's keywords for, yeah, it did. UC Health does not believe the data taken from the system went beyond a cyber criminal or was misused in any way. Yeah, right. However, the data downloaded may have included name, address, date of birth, treatment information, and in limited cases, social security numbers, again, or other financial information. May have. Again, keyword for, yeah, it did. Health systems and hospitals have been subject to a wide range of cyber attacks, including ransomware attacks in the last few years. With the varied risks to health data, providers must make sure to engage in consistent and robust employee training, as well as, the sentence is getting even longer, as well as conducting due diligence on all third-party vendors to minimize the risk of data breaches. Here's a better idea. How about a law that keeps your data locked in a system that isn't connected to the web where it can be hacked, but can only be sent upon request? You know, all this technology, maybe it's not a good thing in some cases. Maybe sometimes old-fashioned paperwork is better. Anyway, that brings us to an early break. I want to keep it short today. When I come back, more horse sense. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. Don't forget to check out dakotarustler.org, which Arbel just mentioned. While you're there, click on the link to the store and get some cool merchandise for yourself or someone else. There's all sorts of good things there. So let's move on with the next story. Number three. The U.S. government likely awarded about $5.4 billion in COVID-19 aid to people with questionable social security numbers, a federal watchdog said in a report released last week. The Pandemic Response Accountability Committee said it identified 69,000 plus questionable social security numbers used 
to obtain $5.4 billion from the Small Business Administration's COVID-19 Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program and Payback Protection Program. Oh, this is just wonderful. Everywhere there's a program, there's fraud. I say it constantly. The loans were dispersed between April 2020 and October of 22. That covers 13 months, people. Think about that. 30 months of irresponsible government. Well, they're irresponsible all the time, but here's a story that involves a 30-month period. That comes ahead of last week's scheduled hearing by the Republican-led House of Representatives Oversight Committee on Fraud in Pandemic Spending. About 57,500 paycheck protection program forgivable loans or 3.6 billion were dispersed in August by August 2020. By the way, a forgivable loan is nothing more than a grant or as common people would call it, a handout. The United States is probing many fraud cases pegged to the U.S. government assistance programs such as the Paytech Protection Program, Unemployment Insurance, and Medicare. Well, here's another idea, which I proposed when I ran for South Dakota State Office twice. Eliminate a few of the unnecessary departments and create a fraud department. Their job would solely be to track down people, annoy the living crap out of them, and make sure they are not committing fraud against, not the state, but the taxpayer. You're going to love this next paragraph even more. The report demonstrates the significant fraud and identity theft that occurred under the prior administration, i.e. Trump, due to the lack of basic anti-fraud controls as well as how consequential were the Biden administration's quick reactions, emphasize quick, to reinstate strong and anti-abuse measures in these emergency small business programs, according to a senior advisor to President Joe Biden. Uh, excuse me, but President Alzheimer's has been in charge since January of 2021. So the last 21 months of the 30 months in question here were under his watch, not Trump's. So apparently the Biden administration did nothing for almost two years, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah, right. Last September, the Inspector General for the U.S. Labor Department said fraudsters likely stole $45.6 billion from the unemployment insurance program during the KUFI outbreak by applying tactics like using social security numbers of deceased individuals. It means dead. Dead people were getting money. <laughs> Only, uh, it probably happens in all government. But geez, government's so big. Uh, remember when I reported on a Minnesota story a number of weeks back about people stealing $250 million from a government aid KUFI program that was supposed to feed children in need during the pandemic? This stuff happens all the time. All this is proof that we need to end government programs, especially the ones that are absolutely stupid. They have gotten so big, they can't even keep track of or even verify anything. How much gets taken illegally, and of course, you the taxpayer, you pay for it all. Quit voting for these two idiotic parties. 
They are ruining this country. You need to vote third party. I don't care if it's the Mickey Mouse Club. And last but not least, the feature story. Number four, the ancient DNA of an Antarctic octopus may hold a major clue about the past history of global heating. Climate scientists have been struggling to work out if the ice sheet collapsed completely during the most recent interglacial period about 125,000 years ago when global temperatures are similar to today. Did you catch that? If not, let me repeat it. Climate Scientologists have been struggling to work out if the ice sheet collapsed completely during the most recent interglacial period about 125,000 years ago when global temperatures were similar to today. Imagine that. The Earth was this hot before? No. And without the Industrial Revolution? No. How can this be? <laughs> One word, nature. In an ingenious approach, a team of 11 scientists, including biologists, geneticists, glaciologists, computer scientists, and ice, ice sheet modelers, looked at the genetics of Turquette's octopus, a species that has been living around the Antarctic continent for about 4 million years. Genetic samples were taken from 96 octopus collected over three decades from around the continent. The octopus DNA carries a memory of its past, including how and when different populations were moving and mixing together, exchanging genetic material. Scientists say they detected clear signs that about 125,000 years ago, some octopus populations on opposite sides of the West Antarctic ice sheet had mixed together, with the only likely route being a seaway between the South Weddell Sea and the Ross Sea. Quote, this could only have happened if the ice sheet had completely collapsed. Unquote. According to Dr. Sally Lau, a genetist at the James Cook University who led the research. You mean this could have happened before? No, it's impossible. Man has to cause global warming, or at least that's what the liberals preach. The route the octopuses are thought to have used is about 1,500 to 2,000 meters or over a mile below the top of the current ice sheet. The channel would have been about a thousand meters deep. According to the most recent UN climate assessment, temperatures during the last interglacial period were one to two degrees warmer than the period just before the Industrial Revolution, just like they are now. No, that can't be. Sea levels were 15 to 30 feet higher. Higher. Let me repeat. 15 to 30 feet higher than they are today. <laughs> Again, no, that can't be. Only man causes global warming. Only man can melt the ice sheets and create flooding. Oh, man, certainly that's what the environmental wackos want you to think. The article goes on to mention what could have happened if we don't, or what could happen if we don't stop global warming today. A repeat of what? 
already has happened without man. Well, considering what nature did 125,000 years ago, I'd say no matter what we do, we're effed. <laughs> Which, listen to the next sentence. If this octopus research is correct, then there are sensitivities in the Earth system. Not mankind, but the Earth system that led to planetary scale sea level rise. No. Oh, it's the big one, Elizabeth. I can't take it. I'm having a heart attack. The Earth was this warm before and sea levels were higher before the Industrial Revolution, before man came along and started polluting the world with all the auto exhaust and fireplace chimneys smoking, smoking, train, I mean, you name it. <laughs> it happened before. Get over it, people. Anyway, with that, Gonna call it a podcast. It's time to get out of here. You know the mantra question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day and don't forget to subscribe.